Hey everyone, this is Jared of the Synautical Podcast. If you're into holistic health, philosophy, and spirituality, come check out and listen to my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and elsewhere. Today I'm speaking with Kellyanne Vandermore, a former track and field athlete who is now a rowing trainee and Olympic hopeful. After appearing on the next Olympic hopeful series, she was selected to train in preparation for qualification into the Olympics. So watch out for Kellyanne in the near future. In addition to her intense training, she is also a personal trainer. In this episode, you will get Kellyanne's thoughts on the athlete mindset, athletic ability, public perceptions about how people think athletes should look, and how she defines fitness. Her favorite phrase to stay motivated is, if not now, when? Follow Kellyanne on Instagram at kdogstacken, that is klikekite, D-O-G underscore S-T-A-C-K-I-N. Also read about Kellyanne and her journey to Olympic training in the Sacramento Bee and see her on the next Olympic Hopeful series. Links to both are in the podcast description. Now to the conversation. Kellyanne, thank you for joining me today. Yes, it's always good to talk to you. So just so audience members know, we have talked before about the topics we're going to talk about today, which is misconceptions around fitness from a personal trainer's perspective. So Kellyanne, right now you're a personal trainer. What facility do you work out of or do you do like freelance personal training? Yeah, so I would say so I work at a gym but that is not where I train I train out of like it's like a house more of like a house gym kind of thing like a personal gym okay so I have seen um videos of you training with uh Lynn Hepner I interviewed him a couple of times so is that one of the places where uh you where you're a trainer or is that just where you work out That is, well, I do, so I do work there, but that is just where I work out. I, so the way their training schedule goes, it doesn't fit in with my like personal training schedule. And so I had to just work like at the front desk of this gym for right now and uh, train on the side. Okay. And how long have you been a trainer? Let's see. I started personal training in, oh gosh. Uh, 20 oh man I where's the time gone 20 end of 2017 oh okay what set you on that path to become a trainer yeah so in college and then even out of college working at a gym was something that I did on the side because it always fit with my busy schedule with practice with school and when I had moved after uh finishing school and stuff there was a 24-hour fitness down the street from my mom's house. And when I moved there, I was riding my bike around because before I moved, I was in a bad car accident that my car was impacted in. So I didn't have a car at the time. And starting to work at 24-hour fitness, I had started working in a just a random position that I never worked and then worked my way around and starting at one of the gyms that I had started at one of the personal trainers there actually went up to me and told me, you know, have you ever thought about personal training? 
I feel like you have a personality for it. And I was like, no, not really, because, you know, I was still in the training mindset for myself, even though I didn't have the specific goal I have right now that was, you know, painted clear for me back then. I knew that I was still chasing sports. And for some reason in my mind, I had this idea that while I was chasing a specific, you know, fitness goal or something crazy fitness wise that I wouldn't be able to help other people obtain their goals because I would have to, you know, pull away from my focus. But um, something had happened with work and I needed to make a change. And one of my best friends was the fitness managers at one of the 24s. And he actually talked me into um, getting certified and trying it out. And I ended up falling in love with it because, you know, I, I love people and I love seeing people happy and to know, you know, you make an impact and it's not like that instant gratification. You have to work with it because, you know, not everybody understands the quality of, you know, what it's like to have a trainer and why it's helpful, why it's not just about, you know, us wanting money and stuff, why it really is, you know, and not everyone knows that. So to be a part of that bigger picture to start showing how, you know, for to keep injury down to just for well overall well-being that we actually do care for people. Um, I fell in love with it so fast. And so the last couple of years, that's what I was doing until I found, you know, the TV show that I went on and moved to Oklahoma. So it was something that I was starting to find a huge passion for and starting to actually see a career in the future for myself. Um, but mm-hmm. not specifically, I'm, it's going to be on the side probably more than me ever joining like a corporate gym right now with the yeah. way our school is, because it's really hard between our, you know, three times, two to three times a day training to go back and forth between a gym. So I did miss it a lot though, which is why a couple people have asked me to do it. And I've started back up with it on the side. <laughs> okay. And you've hinted at your training. So, and the TV show you were on. So can you uh, tell li- listeners what that TV show was? Yeah. Uh, back in um, 2019, I was on a show called the next Olympic hopeful, um, a show that was put on between by the Olympic committee, um, 25 guys and girls got invited over to the Colorado Olympic training center and competed over a couple days in the course of like six sports. Um, and for a majority of the people there, there were six sports that no one has ever done. So all of the tests and all the stuff that we were doing, um, was all things that was not familiar with for most of us to show our actual athletic abilities. So, um, I was, chosen in the rowing area and crazy enough within like a couple months got up moved to OKC and now I'm pursuing hopefully a dream in rowing in the Olympics (laughs) one day soon here what was the specific process to get there yeah so 24-hour fitness is actually uh, where I first heard about it I heard about it for the last couple of years um, actually being at 24 because it had started And a lot of people always ask me, you know, like, hey, why don't you go try that thing that they're doing, you know, and I'm like, I don't really know. I was so gung-ho on focusing on trying to pursue track and field further. And one one year I was just, I was running and I saw the commercial on the TV and I was like, you know what, why not? Let's not, why not try this? And 
that's when I found out about the whole, what is it? What is that saying? Um, oh my goodness. You Oh, you never know unless you try. So this is a yeah. sport that uh, was introduced to me actually in college and um, they tried to take me out for the team, but it didn't fit with my other training schedule. So it's just funny, you know, to see it be brought back up into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you and I talked about, on my goal board ever since I've been in uh, high school it always just had the word Olympics and never was associated with like a sport or anything so it's just funny to see what path I have gone down to get where I am and where I'm going so crazy experience yeah so you envisioned it and kind of attracted it into your life but at the same time your work and your athleticism also had to come into play Oh, 1000% and <laughs> your mental ability had to shine bright. Yeah. And we're going to talk about, uh, the mental aspect as well. So putting it all together before we get into the, uh, misconceptions, did you play sports growing up and what sports were they? Yeah. So at a young age, um, I competitively danced for about 18 years. I did that into college, but then while in high school, um, I started to dabble all over the place, starting even with, uh, gymnastics, which I found out real fast was not meant for my lengthiness or for my specific, uh, talents that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my mom actually had convinced me to try cross country, which is what got me connected to track because our cross country coach was the head coach for track and field. And he asked me to come out for high jump and then the rest was history. So I continued to dance uh, throughout everything. But after senior year, I went into college and focused on track and field. And then after life happened, my track and field path wasn't going in the same direction that I'd envisioned for so long anymore. So I was just holding on hope, finding connections, figuring out my plan to keep chasing it and just trying not to give up. And then this is where I ended up. So just holding on hope to knowing that there was something bigger in my future is what has gotten me here, to be honest, through all the ups and downs that I've gone through in the last few years. But Um, yeah, sports have played a big part in my life ever since I was very young. Yeah. And you're consistent and you never give up. And that's why you're able to discover what you were best at or what's best suited for your natural gifts. For sure. Yes. Yeah. That's half of it. Not giving up for sure. Yeah. And what's, what's the other half? You know, I think I'm still figuring that out because every day it's something new. You know, you know, you still want the same thing, but you question, you know, you question, you know, the biggest thing that you see also in social media is, you know, remember it takes patience, you know, trust the process. You see that everywhere. And, but you know what, like everyone may read, trust the process, but everyone also takes that differently because not one person is going through the same thing every day. And you're going to run into your own things and trusting the process. And sometimes that doesn't even make sense. You got to look yourself in the mirror and just tell yourself that, you know, you're not going to give up until you reach that end goal. And, you know, it's all from there. It's how you take it. It's what you take as part of the process. It's how you take that and go with it. And yeah, there are going to be those days that just really suck because one thing after another, 
and you're gonna, you know, some days feel repetitive. Some days it's going to feel like those days, like, okay, cool. Oh, good. It's time to go to sleep. But wait a minute. Got to wake up the next day. How are you going to change that mindset to remind yourself? Yeah, it is the same tomorrow, but it's because you need consistency to be better and to be the best. And I've actually read recently in a book and it brought it to my attention because it kind of called me out. I'm someone who I love to do a lot of things, not because I feel like I want to be good at a lot of things. I just like to do a lot of things. And because I'm of that competitive nature, naturally, you just try to get good at it, right? Yeah. And it brought to your attention, like, well, if you want to be the best at something, you need to give it your all your focus. And it really just brought my attention to, there are those days where you feel like you need to distract yourself, but you know what? Yeah. No, like I watch these people on, you know, America's Got Talent. I watch these people in the Olympics, like they night and day what they they breathe in and out their sport their you know what it takes to be the healthiest to achieve their best at their sport yeah and so I really think that is a big part of it yeah (laughs) so what is fitness to you as a athlete and as a trainer how would you define fitness you know I wouldn't even just say fitness I would just consider it all about like health and well-being. And for me, yes, having good fitness is what is going to be a key to success like in my future. But I feel like when people think fitness it sounds tiring. It sounds it's already degrading itself. And when you think health and wellness like it's okay, it sounds happy. It sounds like I want to feel good. I want to be better. And to me, whether it's fitness or health and wellness, it's just about being able to obtain the most you can out of life and live your best life and live your best, healthiest life. Fitness, like in a lot of people's mind, when people who, especially someone who may not, you know, maybe fitness isn't a top priority for them or it's not something they enjoy or they haven't found their happiness in fitness yet. Maybe they've had a bad past. Maybe things have happened. Maybe they, you know, go through things like, my friends with like fibromyalgia where it really hurts them when they try and do what they consider fitness. Right. And it's hard because everyone narrows it down to just, you know, one word, but it's different for everyone else. And that's why I think health and wellness is a good idea because to, you know, chase after life and to be the best at anything you want to be the best at, you want to feel the best. And, you know, health and wellness is going to be different for everyone else when the idea of fitness is just the idea of, you know, being physically fit or, you know, working out. And that I think is just such a strong word, which is what makes people shy off that aren't very comfortable and are more, you know, self-conscious in the gym. But when you think health and wellness, then you take that, that uh, mindset, that idea of it away And you remember that you're doing it to be the best you, you're doing it for your goals. You're doing it to be a better you and live longer and be healthier. It's going to help with that idea of, okay, for this person, they are starting differently than someone who can wake up at 3am and hit five workouts a day that, you know, insanely can do that. That scares somebody, but that doesn't mean this person should be scared of fitness They should see it from that perspective of that health and wellness, wanting to be the best they could be because it's going to help them with their life and help them with everything they do 
And that's what they should be motivated for. Not just the idea of, okay, cool. Fitness is this thing. Um, if you're not physically fit, like you're not, you know, on top, like the rest of these fitness people, um, which is something that I still hear from people getting started in the gym (laughs) state that I work at work out in, you know, so I don't ever really just consider, you know, anything health-wise fitness, just because I just look at it as I want people to see it for the perspective of what it does for them, not what it is, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when I asked you that question, uh, the answer you gave me was unexpected and it's actually a good perspective from the way you see it. And it is the way it should be seen as overall health and wellness. What I was thinking we talk about is ability, but, um, what, oh, okay. Said, no, but what you said actually is what I was ultimately trying to get to, <laughs> oh, okay. which is oh. overall wellness, because part of the misconceptions that many people have, and it might take them years of actual dedication to exercise to realize that yeah. um, fitness and health, because they forget the health element, some people, yep. some people do things to look fit that are actually unhealthy for them. Yep. So what some people don't realize is you come to a point when you've been training for a while, where you realize that ability can become more important. It depends on the person, but for most people, ability becomes more important than aesthetics, especially as we get older. So basically what you went into about overall wellness is exactly what I'm hoping the audience will get out of this, at least part of what we're discussing today. So in talking about ability as a trainer, is there a basic fitness test that you give new trainees to gauge their ability? Yeah, always. Um, You know, and that's the other thing too, that I've had to learn is like in a normal gym, you know, they give rules and antics and there's like a three basic tests that they have you do with your clients, but you have to, you know, the biggest thing when building rapport with your clients is really listening. And, you know, when you find out their goals and when you find out you know, what they've done in the past to try to attain them. You have to hear about the pains of things that they know they have. Not everything is going to work for certain people. So for me, it's all about that first initial meeting and talking and really listening is where you're going to first really find what's going to really work for those people. And you really have to bond and get them to open up because otherwise, you know, they're not going to be comfortable sharing all these details about their life. This is someone you've known their whole life. So, you know, depending on whether the client's young, old, has something specific they know about, I always start off with um, finding where our cardio level is, right? Because, you know, that's when you see um, on TV, when trainers push people, that stuff, when you see people getting sick and, you know, pushing too hard. So finding out their cardio level, pushing just a little bit, um, and then finding out the body. So there's all those different tests, like doing the different types of squats, seeing how the body opens up so you can see how the body's functioning. So you don't hurt somebody when starting, even if you know, okay, cool. I'm doing basics. This shouldn't hurt somebody. Well, cool. You didn't realize they were tight somewhere. So just making sure you notice different things in the body. And then, like I said, and then really making sure you build that rapport enough to find out everything about someone. So about their health initially about things they are going through things. They might not be, you know, uh, super open about right in the beginning with someone new. Um, a lot of times people, you know, you either get to pick that you want to talk to a trainer 
sometimes it's offered from a gym and you're very kind of touchy feely because it wasn't something you were planning for in the beginning. You know, you wanted to go into this and get comfortable on your own. Now you're talking to someone. So it's honestly just finding out all those different things. If that makes sense. And so when you get these new uh, clients, what is the percentage or do you see a large percentage or a small percentage of people able to kind of tick off those basic fitness abilities? So it's, it's so hard because there's people that, you know, that I have that are the same, that could be both the same older age and one person that can move for some reason, like it's no one's business. And I have other people that if they have to get on the ground, it takes five minutes, right? They have to hold something. They have to get down mm-hmm. because their body isn't used to working like that yet. Yeah. Even if they don't have some type of specific injury in their knees or in their joints, they're not used to working. So moving quickly and sharply like that is more dangerous than I had clients, you know, that come into me where they can move, but they have things like neuropathy. So their feet are numb. So we have to figure out things yeah. to help try and get rid of that. Um, so it really, honestly, there isn't a specific answer for that. It could yeah. give or take. <laughs> I, I've seen so many different types of people in my last couple of years of uh, training that there's, yeah, it's just kind of one of those, you, uh, deal with it when you get there. (laughs) Yeah. So it's complex, you know, getting people to learn new skills and getting, uh, to strengthen their body and hopefully, uh, correct their bodies. It's really hard to also remind them that Rome wasn't built overnight. Yeah. So when you want these, you know, these specific goals, you have to just realize that there's a process unless, you know, you want to take a chance in hurting yourself. Exactly. So one of the reasons I wanted to interview you was to kind of speak about expectations people have when they start on a fitness journey. And from a trainer's perspective, knowing how complex it is as far as uh, different body types different starting points, even say when you were growing up, you sat down for hours on end and that created certain muscle imbalances. So say when you hit 20, after like 10 years of sitting down playing video games, you can't really expect to have the same level of initial ability as someone who played sports in their childhood due to, you know, muscle imbalances that might've developed in your youth. So there's, it's really complex. Um, in our previous conversation, I, I told you about an acquaintance of mine who um, criticized the bodies of professional athletes for not right. looking as, yeah, for not looking as good as uh, people who train for aesthetics. So right. I wanted to get your input on training for aesthetics versus training for overall health and wellness and also training for athletics. Right. No. So, and like we talked about too, it's hard because even when you are in a sport, you know, later on in life, that maybe it wasn't the same as what you did when you were younger. What we talked about too, was like that idea of when you were around, you know, people in the sports area that were focused on the way they looked, or if you were in a sport that you know, for example, I danced, right? So looks are a big thing in that growing up, you can develop that idea in your subconscious. That's really hard to beat when you're older, even though you really know what your goal takes. 
you know, I've struggled with this also because, you know, I'm a larger, you know, woman and for my sport and the amount of cardio I'm not used to doing, you know, as much as I have ever done in my entire life, I should be eating, you know, 3000, 4,000 calories. And on my own in general, it's hard for me to even eat 2000. But Mm -hmm. then when a lot of people go on the social media, and like you said, people training with aesthetics, these are people who they had to develop that mental strength because they have to eat such, you know, within their macros, but then they have such strict workout schedules to match that, which is what's so kind of, okay, maybe not what so, but what's kind of scary is that if people's fitness journey, you know, starts with seeing someone else's journey and they don't have any knowledge and they just start doing something like that, that could really cause health issues for that. Um, or create issues that you didn't have before because the body's in balance of not having enough nutrition and you just going into it and going as hard as you can, um, can also negatively affect you opposed to working really hard and thinking that it's doing good for your body. So that difference is, uh, it's a big thing because for example, like sports that I have to do, like I said, it takes a lot of calories. We should be eating a lot of carbs because we do so much cardio, but you know, everybody's body holds things differently. So yes, we are working out a thousand times, you know, a thousand times a day, but we're not working out to hold that muscle shape. So we're going to hold, you know, fat different areas. And, you know, for someone like me, who's come, you know, from different, uh, so many different sports, I already naturally have a different physique than someone naturally in my that I'm doing now per se, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So it's very interesting to see the different bodies in my sport because there really are. And so since, you know, they look for a lot of taller people in my sport, it's very interesting to see all the different shapes because there are people, you know, like me who they just have the strongest legs I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Um, but their upper body strength doesn't necessarily look the same. And you do see that in my sport. And that's crazy though, is what you have to realize is that's because we cannot focus on, you know, anything outside. Yes. The aesthetics and anything outside of what's going to make our boat move faster. What's going to make us stronger to be able to hold the amount of cardio, the amount of, uh, well, both anaerobic, anaerobic, uh, you know, going, because we go from different speeds, we go for so long and it's, it's not just about how strong we can lift. Right. Which is what's hard for me changing sports so many times is okay, cool. Now I've had instilled in my brain since before high school, that lifting, 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 like hitting all the muscles, hitting all these things when that's not what I need anymore, but I'm so used to, it's hard for me to let go. So you really have to learn, you know, it's, that's why going back to having a trainer, you know, sometimes it feels like trainers are just a big money appeal, but no, I am such a big order in, you know, learning. Even I learn. I always tell this to people's I love training with different trainers because you and I could take the same mm. class, but you know, we could obtain different information, something you picked up that I didn't, or you learned this and I didn't. So I've even had some of my friends, like I have an NFL uh, friend player. I said, that's so funny. I have an <laughs> NFL player friend yeah. who told me he hates gyms and he's played in the NFL for the last 10 years. He said, he hates gyms. He's never been more injured than he has inside of a gym. And so there's also this misconception that people think to be fit, they have to go to the gym because that's where they see all of these K people lifting weights, you know, all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. when 
No, you just have to figure out what your goal is. And the biggest thing to say that is, okay, cool. You see this goal, but I need you to be able to tell me why. And I need you to have a big why, because your plan is what's going to substitute for you. So even if two people have the same plan, they also have to realize, okay, cool, different bodies, or this is going to work for me. It's not going to work for you. So even in the idea of using aesthetics, like there's still that side. So yeah, it's just the amount that people have to realize you, not everyone's healthy looks the same. You and I have different goals. You and I are doing different things. You and I have different mental, you know, um, abilities. And so you cannot base it off of looks because um, that doesn't mean you're unhealthy or healthy based off of, uh, you know, oh, I can see your muscles. Oh, I can't because think of things like weightlifting. When you get stronger, just because you have a layer of fat, which isn't necessarily unhealthy for everyone, it's healthy to have fat on the body especially in women, what you have to remember is as you get stronger, it's your muscle that's pushing out. So you, you know, you, you don't, you don't realize that. So you feel bigger, but it's not that it's just, you're getting stronger and your muscle is pushing the fat on your body. So it's not that it's, you can't judge healthy and unhealthy based off the way you look or not. Yeah. Unfortunately that happens a lot. So I've, I've been in the fitness world for 20 years now and, um, I had a woman come up to me. She was watching me work out and she's like, Oh yeah, you're really strong. But I know this other lady who's here every week and she's really muscular. So basically she was stronger because she was more muscular and, and you in, know, her, in her mind anyway. And you know, what's so crazy is I, you know, believe it or not, there is an opposite because I have people come up to me and there's just times where you know, I'm, our training is so, you know, hard and it's hard to keep up with food that I'm actually getting down on myself because I know I'm not eating enough. So I feel small and I'll have people come up to me and tell me like, Oh, Kelly, you know, you look really toned or Oh, didn't I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not working out to look really toned right now. And it actually gets me down because then I feel like my nutrition is like not up to par. So it's, it's funny to know that there's two sides to that also. Yeah. Because people will come and say things and I'm like, well, no, that's not good because that means I'm not eating enough for what I'm doing. And that negatively affects my training also. Yeah. And, and just my overall well-being with like focus and sleep and everything yeah. else it takes to be fully functional. Yeah, actually, that's a really important part of it. So in your sport, you need to carry a little bit more fat. Yeah. And, you know, they say between um, and for trade or for competing unless you are going by weight class because we have lightweight and heavyweight for competing season, they say between 16, 18% for us, but because the amount of, uh, you know, hours and hours of end of cardio and the amount of energy we use from our whole body, it's not, you, you are going to run yourself into the ground. You your motor will run out if you do not get enough healthy fats, um, carbs for energy. So most definitely. You need those reserves, which is what people don't understand. You store carbs and you also need a bit of fat to carry you over when you're training long periods. And so to be uh, picked on for that or um, criticized for making sure that you can perform your sport just because you don't look like someone who who does aesthetics, you know, um, I think that's one misconception a lot of people who are non-athletes have. Oh, most definitely. Oh, it's most definitely, yes. Yeah, like 
And the thing is, if you're going in and out of these um, aesthetics driven goals and you haven't had a long period of dedication to exercise, it may never click in your mind that there's more to exercise than reaching a visual goal. Exactly. Um, Have you seen that article recently about the USA paintballer that made that TikTok video on the um, football player who was in high school? No, I don't think so, no. Okay, I just read this article about someone who's on like Team USA for paintballing and there was a kid who was admitted to a hospital who plays football at his high school and was dealing with like coronavirus um, stuff. And the point of the article was talking about, you know, trying to get vaccines. And this, you know, this lady makes a TikTok and she legitimately makes a TikTok and says, lady, your son doesn't need the vaccine. He needs a treadmill. And goes off based off of this kid's appearance as he's in the hospital sick. So instead of sending like, you know, hey, I hope he heals well. And like I said, this is someone who is young, is still in high school and is playing a sport. So maybe this is the start of his, you know, athletic career. This is his start. He is, you know, he's trying to do something. And that was the remark. And I just thought that was so unbelievable. I could not believe that that was acceptable to that person to put out like that yeah I mean I think a comment like that is just so uh it takes a certain kind of person to make that kind of comment I don't think yes much educating that can be done there especially if it's toward a child but yeah he was poor guy was 17 yeah but I think with some people hopefully um, who don't have that kind of mindset, um, we can kind of educate them on, you know, athletic training versus training to fit in an outfit or something. Yes. Yes. Like to that. look good in what you're wearing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's two different things. And then it's actually more complex than that, because if your goal is to look like someone else, essentially, you might not have the body type to look like that person depending on the way your body stores fat, depending exactly. on even uh, the insertion and origin of muscles. Like I've seen people when I used to do bodybuilding where their abs like are misaligned, you know, yes. so no, yes. no matter how much they want to look like someone else and have someone else's abs, their abs are actually just stacked differently. And so, I, I mean, and it's really hard to explain that to people who don't have um, experience in athletics or anyone who actually reads about that stuff at least a little bit to have some knowledge so what kind of ties into the topic that we were talking about it aesthetics versus athletic training is the athlete mindset and uh, the pressures that athletes face to meet certain stereotypes or when they're stereotyped by the outside world about you know athletes should be able to do any sport, like something like that. I've had that happen before. Have you ever faced any of those types of stereotypes or can you think of any stereotypes that you faced over the years? Wait, so you said someone said that if you're an athlete, you should be able to do any sport? (laughs) Yeah, I've had that happen before. Um, definitely. (laughs) Wow, that's aggressive. Yeah, so I've never played basketball before, right? 
um, I've never been interested in it. And um, so there's a person I was hanging out with. And um, basically he said, you're, you're an athlete. You should be able to do this. You should be good at this. And then the same thing happened to me with boxing. And it's like, well, I don't practice boxing. You know, if I practiced it, yeah, my body could develop in ways to be good at boxing. And mentally, my mind can develop in ways to be good at boxing because it's not just physical, it's also mental. Um, Yes. But I think like if someone's really not (laughs) experienced with being dedicated to a sport, yeah, they do have those kinds of misconceptions. That's happened to me personally. (laughs) Okay, so I guess guess the biggest ones I have... (laughs) are back to being tall yeah so it's funny because you know people just say oh I'm tall and based off of the way I look um you know okay or okay I have two of them so there's my tall aspect which we'll dive into and then there's the way I look which is obviously a result of how much blood sweat and tears I give a day Mm -hmm. But then I have people when it comes to me offering a part of my meal or sharing something that they'll say, oh, I wish I looked like you or had your body. And I'm like, well, you don't know what it takes to (laughs) obtain this said figure that I worked so hard for um, that is, you know, compressed of hours and hours and hours and hours on end of cardio and weightlifting. So if you would like to join in on my workout plan, like you know, but for people to think that I am the way I am because that's my shape is so upsetting to me sometimes because it's not that at all. And so that is one thing that does get to me is when people take away and talk about my hard work as a privilege. Yeah. They reduce it to genetics or looks, right? Exactly. And it's funny because like that, it's not that at all, like to get where I've been, I've had to work so hard, you know, and like do things on my own. But, and then the other one is just being tall because everyone always says, oh, basketball or volleyball. And I mean, I'm standing in a Walmart, you know, like standing literally in Walmart and someone is like, oh, you play volleyball. And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, well you should. And I'm like, well, you should is the definition that I have struggled with with a long time because I've been told that I should do a lot of things, Yeah, um, you know, growing up my entire life. And that was a struggle to pick what I want to do over what the pressure around me. And that's, you know, not just my peers. Like I had, you know, teachers who were coaches who were like, oh, you really should, you know, come out. You really should come out to people being like, oh, of course you're a high jumper when I finally tell like my event and track you know of course you're a high jumper you're so tall and it's like well it's funny because that doesn't mean I all of a sudden have like crazy jumping skills because there was someone who was like six two or six four that couldn't even get over like five foot at a meet you know and like so it's not about that it's about you having the capabilities and the you know the strength and the all the stuff it takes And not every single person is born with it. Like it's, you know, and so it's hard on those people because they want to keep trying, but they want their hard work to be seen. And, you know, it's crazy to believe that not one person wants their hard work to not go notice because. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so I would say most definitely, yeah, those are the two stereotypes is a, that I, because I'm tall, there's so many things I should do. Mm -hmm. and the other one of um 
I'm just lucky. I'm privileged. I, you yeah. know, I, it, I'm not giving my blood, sweat and tears for like eight hours a day. You know, I'm not giving in all that time because that's not what I show or that's not what it seems like because I, you know, no one's with me during those times. Yeah. So yeah, you see me work out, you know, maybe once or, you know, at some point, but you don't see the other 25 hours it takes to put together um, the masterpiece, I guess is how I'll say it. Yeah. So along that, um, have you ever experienced where you you do an exercise and someone believes if they just do that exercise, they'll look like you too? Oh, definitely. I've had so <laughs> many people tell me they get their workouts off of, you know, just seeing someone either, well, even doing it in the gym or, um, I'm, I'm honestly going to say that I've had somebody tell me that they watched someone's routine in the gym and copied it. But then, you know, they tell me that they go online and they watch a specific, even if someone does put together like a quote unquote full body routine, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that the exercises itself, like you don't know the program that's going to work for you for your goals. If your goals is just to feel a burn and, you know, know that you're working out, then cool. Half of those will work out for you because that's why they're put together is to feel that burn. So, you know, you're getting that workout, but if it's going to come to your specific goals, that doesn't necessarily mean that even those exercises are going to help get you there. But then when it comes to exercise altogether, like I said, I support anything. So whatever gets you moving and helps you feel good and makes you healthy, like go ahead, get down with your bad self. Right. But when it does come to, you know, like goals and people getting down on themselves because they feel like, okay, cool. Like, why is this not working? Or just that idea of being careful so you don't hurt yourself because you don't know, okay, you did all these workouts or exercises yesterday and you saw this one you want to try today. Well, maybe you overdo a muscle and that's how you get a strain, you get a tear, small things like that. You know what I mean? So that's why I get a little nervous when people tell me they get their workouts and they, you know, don't have a specific program necessarily put together or have never told how to do something, but go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah. Cause it's missing the volume one. It's also missing like what stage and training exactly. might be in. So like exactly. when, I was, yeah, when I was a newbie, I would go on bodybuilding.com and, um, you would, which is great. Gives great information, right? Like I love that. Well, now it does. Everything. Okay. Now it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it used to not be a science-based and they didn't have functional training. They didn't do body yeah. weight or any of that stuff is literally just aesthetics, you know, muscle imbalances, supplements, you know, that was their, yep. but, um, you know, I I'd be like, okay, is this for gaining muscle or losing fat? And a lot of times I noticed that they would put pre-contest workouts and not state it explicitly. It wasn't until Ah, I competed that I'm like, wow, this is like a lot faster pace than you would do if you're working on growth. There's a lot more reps, you know, it's just a completely different routine than what you would want for, you know, if you're working on muscle growth and they would show someone's day of eating. They also wouldn't say if that was for cutting or for bulking or for maintaining So like, if you just copy someone's workout and they haven't specified what it's for, that's another aspect on top of the fact that you might not have built a foundation to even start that workout routine. So there's a lot that goes into it that, um, a lot of people overlook, unfortunately. Oh, there's so much, so much (laughs) um, with all of that. And that's why even going into like, you know, 
like the supplement side and all that it's just so important to understand what you're buying like it's just so crazy important (laughs) yeah so what are your current goals what are you currently working on um well (laughs) currently (laughs) say my cool statement is I'm just working on being better than I was yesterday Uh uh-huh but um no ultimately my goal is to go and win a medal in the olympics in the next couple of years here so um like you know like we were talking about the sport that i am hopefully chasing is new to me so you know it's such an unknown but it's a fun unknown it's one of the hardest unknowns i've ever done in my entire life but that is the goal that at least on my sports side. So, you know, like I said, I've had it on my goal board and I just would love to see, you know what, it would be amazing to come home with something around my neck, but even just being there is going to just be a crazy life achievement personally, because like I said, to have that written on my goal board since I was in like my freshman year of high school and to actually be on the road to achieving it and to be able to say that I competed in something that actually was on my like goal board for life that's always been on the top is just what's going to put a smile on my face, but baby steps. I know my health comes first with all of that. So. Yeah. And that must be really challenging. And I know, I mean, I know a lot of people feel very stressed, um, with the weight of the Olympics on them. Oh girl. (laughs) (laughs) Especially yeah. with the way the last couple of years have went, it's been hard because we have, we, all of us individually hold ourselves at a different standard and oh, it's yeah. hard because we're all still going through the same thing. So it's, it's had its ups and downs for sure. Yeah. I would love to, in the future, get more details on your training. Yeah. If we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's find another time to talk. Yeah. And, um, so with you training for the Olympics, that makes you an elite trainer which makes you the best person to talk about these topics today, in my opinion. Well, I appreciate that. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any higher than that. So if anyone still wants to carry on with their stereotypes, well, they need to listen to this again and also follow you on Instagram. Yes, uh, can, you, <laughs> do that. can you provide listeners with your Instagram handle? Yeah, at K-Dog, K-D-O-G, underscore, Stacken, S-T-A-C-K-I-N. All right. And what would be your finishing final words for listeners to stay motivated to train or just to make sure they get on the path to wellness or stay on the path to wellness? Yeah. Well, okay. So like we talked about last time, uh, my favorite saying that I just always say to myself when I'm having, you know, a moment, whether it's at work or if I'm discouraged and not motivated to go get on my health and fitness side, or, you know, if it's just a hard day or I'm just not feeling it, if I'm feeling lazy, you know, I look myself and I say, if not now, when, you know, what do we have in this world is time, right? Yeah. And if we get on it right now, we're not impacting the next minute and the next minute to tomorrow to the next day. And all we have is, you know, all we have, all we can promise is yesterday. So how are yeah. we going to make impact for what we can have tomorrow and what it can bring us to the future? So just remember that if not now, when, and just don't give up because like I said, you never know what opportunity is out there. You know, it's not going to necessarily come to you. You need to go look for it, but I'm yeah. now 
you know, training for something that I've never done in my entire life and moved in a matter of a few months, you just have to believe in yourself. And if you believe in yourself, anything is possible. Yeah. Also, you never know what you'll get out of it. Once you actually start something, if you, if you keep going, what will come out of it? Just like with you, with the Olympics opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The world is crazy and it's not a, it's not something that you're going to read just like a page to page in a book. It's going to throw some obstacles at you and it's going to throw some, (laughs) you just got, you just got to be ready and you got to take it with open arms and you just got to find what every opportunity means to you. Because I am firmly believing that I'm starting to believe the last few years of my life that literally everything and everyone comes into your life for a reason. Yeah. And you're going to figure out what that reason is eventually. So just keep your head up and keep going. 